Welcome back to A Creative Affair. I don't know if you heard um, Momo barking in the backyard. That's Lynn's cute dog. So (laughs) (laughs) He's keeping guard on us to make sure no one sneaks through the gate. Ah, Absolutely. (laughs) I know. We have one of those too. It's so, so great. Well, you know, one of the things that we love about doing this podcast is, you know, we, we talk about our creative passions. And so today we're going to talk about, we're going to discuss the art and life or all things related to Georgia O'Keeffe because she was so passionate about her art. And I'm just super excited to kind of dive into this. I actually wrote lessons I learned from Georgia O'Keeffe. I have a little Nope. <laughs> I have a little like journal entry that's like lessons I've learned from Georgia O'Keefe. Oh, Brie, I, I so love Georgia's work and uh, I'm so dying to find out what you learned from her work. So uh, this is going to be a fantastic discussion. So what did you learn? Well, Can I ask? Yeah, I learned a bunch of stuff. So one of the things, and maybe I'll just kind of intersperse them as we go, um, but <laughs> One of the things that I learned was just try. You just go try, and and I I wrote down. Um, I watched a uh, a, a really interesting um, documentary. It was on. I'll actually link to it in the notes. Let me make a little note of that. Link to YouTube video. <laughs> um, oh, there's because, so many, isn't there? Yeah, and there really a, are. There's a, some fantastic movies about her as well, which are, are, are quite interesting to watch, and I've been enjoying them too. And yeah, at, at the one that um, the one that I really loved was about it, it. It tackled all kinds of things, and I I um actually screen recorded a quote from her so I could write it down. And she thought she said, "I thought someone could tell me how to paint landscape." but I never found that person. (laughs) She said, I had to just settle down and try. And we should mention that, like, I think this would be a good time to mention that she, she, when she was growing up, maybe around age 12, people would ask her what she wanted to do. And she was like, I'm going to be a painter. So she always had decided she wanted to be a painter. So that was in her heart. But she went about it. I I don't think she knew exactly what would come out of her. You know, we don't know this at the beginning of our journey, what exactly we're going to end up creating that is going to be our passion necessarily. Um, and maybe you have a different opinion on that, Len. But she went to art school and learned, you know, this realistic uh, oil painting. and And she was really doing a lot of um, that since that was the that was the art at the time. It was realistic. It was realism, and there was a time where she. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I really want to share this part, and then I'll give you a turn. Um, there was a time that she put up all of these paintings that she made, and she looked at each one, and she had she was like, okay who did I paint this for? Did I, you know, like, who did I paint this to please? And each one that she looked at, it was someone different that like, or that she painted to please someone else and not herself. And so she put it all away. And that's when, that's when she 
said this that I thought someone could tell me how, because all of those other ones were from someone else telling her how. And it wasn't until she put that all away and she was like, what am I going to tell myself? She said, I just had to settle down and try. And that's when she took out. She said, I just started with paper and charcoal. And that's really mm-hmm. the basics, right? Light and shadow. And she just started, and she just started, you know, creating what, what, you know, really wanted to come out of her. And I just think that's beautiful. And that was my number two is listen to what your creative spirit wants. So <laughs> that's my other one. I'll tell you more. What about you, Len? Thoughts about her? So the person that really taught her to paint landscape was really herself. And that was a, a, an amazing discovery and such a beautiful thing to uh, explore is that uh, our journeys into creativity always come back into exploring who we are and uh, following our innermost person. And it's this journey of discovery, isn't it? And rather than uh, making art for other people, but making it for ourselves and for our own enjoyment. Um, those are original uh, charcoal artworks on, on paper, they're the ones that Stiglitz uh, exhibited without her permission. Like, where's the consent there? That's, uh, we, we, should, we could talk about that, but um, uh, <laughs> what an unhealthy start to a relationship. But um, uh, these are... Uh, incredible artworks where she starts to explore um, just the joy in shape and design and uh, uh, nature. Like one of my favourite things about her is that she, you know, her inspiration comes from from nature. She says it's, you know, it's all there. Uh, there's, there's so much there out there to take from and to um and paint so she you know she really doesn't um draw from her inner imagination she starts with reality and then works um from there to create her incredible artworks i find that a a beautiful way of working that she she has i mean she didn't go far she just painted right what was around her and I, I really love that. I mean, there's, there's one of the paintings, I think, um, I, I saved a couple on my phone, like, <laughs> um, you know, it, there's one about the, you know, there's the road in winter or road to anyway, Abacuc it's just or something, is it? Yeah. Abacue. And it's just a shape <laughs> and it's in winter and you know, it's, it's just a kind of a, Black line. A calligraphy mark, isn't it? It's yeah, like a calligraphy yeah. mark across the page. And if you don't know her background, then you're like, wow, what a beautiful, you know, that's like an interesting shape. And it really is just the road from her window. Like that's the, she, so she, <laughs> she is an American, what did we call her? She's American modernist oh shoot the the mother of american modernism and uh, i also like to call her the grandmother of um american abstract painting because uh this whole abstraction uh you know is really really centered uh, um very much around her and, and you know the grandmother or the mother uh stiglitz is famously quoted as saying you know 
finally um, uh, a woman painting and uh, and works of art on paper and uh, was just totally en enamoured uh, and besotted with her work and then with her, which is uh yeah, very, very beautiful. It is. So one of my, my, one of my lessons is from her is less is more because I find mm. myself drawn to that abstractionism and, you know, that line, um, I'm not, I don't think we're necessarily here to like analyze her work necessarily, but I do love learning that, that sometimes in our work, we don't need all of the things the less can be more, less can be beautiful. You know, even, even just, um, it, the basics and shapes. And that's how she saw, she said, I saw shapes. And by the way, he exhibited her work when, when, um, when she sent that, those charcoal, you know, those charcoal, mm -hmm. you know, sketches to a and, friend. Yeah. But she said before she, she sent a, uh, I almost said email. No, that's not how she works. She, um, she sent a letter to her friend and she said, I have some work and I'm either going to send it to you or to Stieglitz. And I won't know until I go to address the package. And this is how she worked. I mean, Isn't she that beautiful? Right. And so she just kind of went with her like gut instinct, you know, and, and I don't think she, I honestly, if I could, guess she didn't really fret about it. You know, she was like, okay, whatever happens, whatever I feel needs to happen. And that's, that's totally how she worked. Like total creative instinct. Like mm. I'm going to go and mail this thing. And whose address should I put on here? And it was her friends. But be I think because she had sent her friend that letter, she was like, well, Stieglitz needs to see this. And then he was like, oh, -ho. <laughs> very much so. But abstraction is just like that. We start with reality and, and through this process of simplification and stripping mm -hmm. away uh, and, and getting down to the basis. And, you know, that, that, we, we're talking about one painting, but we're not really. We're talking about a whole series of this road and different simplifications. And uh, uh, she knew it inside out just from from driving along it, from walking along it, staring, seeing it through the window, at, yes, staring at, at it. There's, there's a photograph um, that she took of it. There's multiple paintings and drawings of it where she's exploring this beautiful shape and uh um, you know, us as viewers, we don't know what she was thinking, but we as viewers can can look at it as a, a, a beautiful calligraphy uh, mark across a, an incredible canvas, or we could uh, also question where does this road lead to? You know, uh, why does she take us down it and where is it going to? Or uh, And really listening and, and studying her, it's the road to her <laughs> rather than the, the road away off into the distance. This is the path to get to her, to where she is, where she's the most happiest. Uh, um, well, um, that's an assumption, but um, sure. painting prolifically and very, very um, grounded in, in that sense of place and uh, prof profusely. I think it's a good assumption to make because she talks about she talks about being in New Mexico as this place that's like it 
it's it's like almost like magical for her. Like somehow, like she yes. was drawn there, and um, and, and in fact, she was drawn there. So like that was something that she was like, I've got to go, and so she just went. In fact, Stieglitz never went to New Mexico. She just was like, oh. By the way, I I don't know if she got in the car or if she was on a train. I can't remember, but she just left one day and ended up in New Mexico. It's that's what it seemed like to me when I was like, you know, reading. I think she went to visit a friend down there. Oh, maybe is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, and went to We're stay with her. <laughs> <laughs> and and she was just enamored. And I get it. Isn't New Mexico the land of enchantment? I think that's what the state is. It's called the land of enchantment, which totally, I totally agree having been to New Mexico. I, it's, it is enchanting. It's, there's something about the desert and there's just a something about the desert. I can't really explain it. You know, uh, something else about the desert and, um, that she, that she brings into her art is these bones and if you look and if you look at her work, she's got all of these different bones with like different perspectives. She's got skulls, she's got pelvises and all kinds of things. And you think she'd been enamored kind of with the death of it all. Cause that's what it usually means to us. Right. But no, she was like, no, I love the shape. Mm. We see the character in them, don't we? In in her paintings, we she characterize not characterizes them, but we actually feel the character of the cow or the horse or of that animal as if the spirit still lives on. And she talks about how they're living. She feels like they're more mm. alive than anything, you know, which I think is really interesting. And that's something about that sense of place too, don't you think that it has yeah, a connection, uh, a sense of it, it's alive, and that we, you know, in the desert. It's one of these places where we really feel uh, the spirit in the earth, and it seems to be amplified because of the you know the whistling of the sounds coming through, perhaps the the dryness, the um, the, the crispness of the air, the heat. Everything is it's like the, the earth the is just laid bare there, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's Very fascinating. So. Yeah, it's such a different place to being in a forest or somewhere. Uh, that's wet and green, and there's a very, very different sense of um, feeling. And in a forest, the forest feels alive, and you forget that the ground is as well and, and what's happening under what we can see. But in the desert, we get that um, we because we strip away so much of the plants, I think, um, we connect more with the the geology of that place in in mm -hmm. in many senses well and i just find it so fascinating that she was so drawn there and um that you know that's kind of that's where she decided to spend you know the rest of her life once she got there but there were other you know there were other places that you I mean she spent time in new york city with stieglitz and she also found that fascinating in fact she um she painted a, a, there are some of uh, New York and he, she's like, I'm going to paint New York. And he's like, what are you going to do that? You know, everybody else, ha you know, people haven't done. And she did, it, you know, and she was like, <laughs> well, I don't know, but I'm going to see. So, so going back to this, these bones, that's another thing. One of my lessons personally is like, try a new perspective because what she does is she actually 
has paintings where it looks like there's a bone on the ground and you are like head on the ground looking through a bone up in, into uh, the like, landscape. Yes. Yeah, into the landscape. And to me, that's such a different perspective. That's not something that we would normally do. And I think this can apply to all genres of any kind of art, photography, music, like what other perspective, what other perspective can you take in your own work, you know, that, that might help you see a little bit differently, you know? Mm. And I, I think she really explored that. And, and in fact, bones in different colors, like she did one, she's like, I decided I would switch things up and do a red bone and a yellow sky. <laughs> and so she just did, you know, like, why not? Why not be unafraid to experiment, you know? Mm. There's such a huge lesson here about um, taking things from your life that are just here, aren't they? And that aren't far away, but they're they're right here. And the things that are interesting interesting to you, and that you follow, like there's so much in the desert to find, and uh, these are the objects and the places that really captured her attention, and she kept coming back to them over and over, and created a, a, an amazing uh, body of work uh, around the things that really grabbed her attention, and the like the flowers, uh, skies. Um, I personally absolutely love her watercolors and the the I find them just so so amazing as a painter to look at. Watercolors was one of my favorite mediums as a younger person so uh, I I'm drawn to them and that's my passion. Yeah, I would love to do watercolor painting and actually studying her has given me some actually some new thoughts about my capability of doing art, which I actually really love because seeing where she came from and just exploring and, uh, and just trying some things like that quote, I just had to settle down and try. Um, mm. I, I've always like, Oh, I, I don't know how to draw. And that actually has stopped me for a long time from painting because I always think I have to know how to draw before I paint. And now I'm totally questioning it. Like, is that even true that I have to know that? I love that that I'm asking myself this question now because I believe now that that's not even true. I literally could just get paint and start playing. And you probably are saying the same thing. Like, hey, yeah, man, I'm, you want to clap for me and thinking this <laughs> I'm going to tell you, yes, do it and 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 dive into it because, uh, well, learning to draw is also, it's about learning to see. And, of course, you don't need to be a drawer to be a painter. Uh, it, it can be a foundation, but it doesn't have to be. And there are many, many artists that uh, paint incredibly beautifully that don't um, do any drawing whatsoever uh, and uh, produce in, in, incredible work. Um, and, you know, really, what's the difference between a drawing and a painting? Is there actually one at all? Um, do we do we make a, a difference just because we use a paintbrush? Well, no, we can't because we can draw with uh, ink on paper, can't we? So uh, that's totally out the window. And uh, we can take a pencil to a painting as well. So... Uh, 
we've got to we've got to release ourselves from these preconceived ideas about what things should be, and that's where you really started us with, isn't it? Is when that when she stopped working for other people and uh, uh, started to work from within um, for herself, and also turned to these things that are very close and important to her. It took off, didn't it? Her work just went wow. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said all of that. I'm going to actually go listen back to this podcast when I listen to it. I'm going to have to like take <laughs> some notes on what you said, because I love that you said that there's not much difference. There's really not any difference between drawing and painting. And I, this is such a huge lesson to me personally in my own art, in my photography and in any other things that I do. Like I don't have to actually know how to do it. I can just try some things and see mm. what happens and 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 actually be inspired by you know what's around me and she was so I the more I listen to Georgia O'Keefe talk the more I'm like I love her I kind of want to be her best friend and hang out with her <laughs> because she would be that person well, that's so like Well so many hey. people did didn't they <laughs> I know. Everyone I'm so wanted jealous. to hang out with her and they went and visited her and um yeah, very social, wasn't it? And she died when I was 11, so there was no chance. <laughs> so, but you know, um I I just I think there's something magical about chasing chasing your passion. And I'm not saying it has to consume your whole life even, but there really is something amazing about creating work for your own self is like, what else can we learn? And this doesn't have to be a whole podcast episode about what we learned from Georgia O'Keefe, but this is how I think, like, what did I learn from this? How can I apply this to me and, and my life? Like, what are, what are you coming away from this? You know, like, what is she teaching you then? She's teaching me to follow um, my own path and, uh, uh, pursue that relentlessly. And uh, she got sidetracked, didn't she, throughout her life, you know, Stiglitz. Um, her, um, and maybe that was a very important part of her life and uh, at the time, but she also had to go, no, I, I need to go and, and, and do this um, for myself. Uh, another really beautiful example of that is that um, she called it my shanty, which was that lovely little, um, you know, shed at, at Lake George when she went down there with Stiglitz and the whole Stiglitz family and they, you know, it appeared that they were all too much. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, she was not a people, she was not a people person and she did not put people in her paintings. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure about um, that so much. I think she was marketed as a recluse, but um, she enjoyed people's company, didn't she? I think so, but she she spent a lot of she really enjoyed being alone, and she said that like I enjoy being alone, and sometimes being around them was too much. Like oh, I'm sure they, they were. probably were too much. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they were too much over <laughs> over the top, too much. And but you know, going down to this little shanty and and painting, and just going and working, and then. Um, like the paintings from there are stunning too, aren't they? Uh, the beautiful mist rising over the water, the the gorgeous reflections. Uh, uh, one of my favourite things with her work is uh, uh, this celebration of colour. 
for for color's sake uh, rather than you know to make something that looks realistic or mm-hmm. it has to be this way she really just explores color uh, for for its own sake and um, yeah. another one of my favorite works of hers is you know that's purple leaves because <laughs> i love purple and uh, yes, you do. like she she pursues it over and over there's multiple versions uh, uh, of these purple leaves and uh, obviously she just you know enjoys the color and uh uh, pursues it because she can. Yeah. You know, what's funny is when you and I first eons ago talked about Georgia O'Keeffe, I said, I love her like subtle, her subtle paintings. And you said, what? She doesn't have <laughs> subtle work. And, um, and she does like, I, I think what's funny is that you were drawn to some of her stuff. That's like very vibrant and I'm drawn to things like, um, you know, let's see. I I saved one of them. So one of my favorites is called Abstraction White Rose. It's really white and then some black with a slight like aqua blue hues. And I love that. And even though there's like dark, some dark in it, it's very, it is very soft. And another one I absolutely love, um, these, she has this series of called Sky Above Clouds where it, it looks like you're floating just above a bunch of puffy clouds looking off into the sky so it's almost Mm. like you're flying and those are very very also very soft and she has a whole series of things that you know these these paintings that are also soft like this and it's just interesting how she created a lot of different kind of work and so that's probably one thing that people like why people love her is because she she just went in and did one kind of thing and then another kind of thing. And she didn't stay. She wasn't, um, she wasn't a one hit wonder. She really loved to explore all different kinds of works. And so that's why, so I think so many people can relate to her because she appeals to all kinds of people. Well, the other night I was putting together a presentation, um, uh, about her, and I was putting her work in chronological order uh, as a way to help hold it together. And it's fascinating how the the themes keep reoccurring and ideas keep uh, churning up. You know, you often look at someone. Let's take Picasso. We've got the, you know, we've got the rose period, and then we've got the blue period. And you can look at it and go, well, that one's the blue period, and that one's the rose period. And when we look at um, at George's. Uh, we have some of these themes coming back up uh, years at uh, at different times over and over as, as she revisits, works ideas through again, repaints particular things and uh, some of the themes that continue over her whole life uh, rather than just being quite tight. Now, obviously there's, you know, the, the paintings of in New York are about New York and she doesn't, really revisit that but uh, the flowers keep coming back and uh, these incredible skies the sunsets the The um, bones the abstraction (laughs) yeah and that's another something that I actually wrote down while we were talking was explore in depth like go deep can we can we not be afraid can I personally not be afraid to go 
deeper into my work? Like, what is it that I want to explore on Mm -hmm. a deeper level? And when you find those things, then they do come back and come back. I mean, I know that you have work, Len, that you have multiple, you know, years of photographed, like those wild orchids that you find, you know, that your father taught you to find in the wild, you know, you, (laughs) I, and I know you have a whole series of these, and this is something that you, you know, you'll go walking and find them. It's orchid season now. So yes, that's where I'm off to. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But this, you've been doing these, this is something that you keep revisiting. This isn't like a one time, like I found them. Okay. I'm done. You know, how can, how can I find what I'm passionate about and revisit those in different ways? How can I go even deeper into my own work? And I, I love that she also teaches me that, you know, I have some uh, one advice for you, Brie, and this is yeah. about learning to paint. Um, like, I, I love monochrome and, you know, if I'm an art teacher, you know, learning and, and understanding the tonal relationships in a painting is a, a, can be an incredibly important foundation. And uh, But not every painter does that. And not every painter just pursues colour for its own thing. Um, you know, if you want to look at colour as an expert, look at Monet and uh, actually see how they play with colour contrasts. And um, uh, Van Och would be another person that has an incredible uh, study of colour, whereas when you look at a Caravaggio, it's a study of tone and a different sort of composition. So when I come back to to saying when you dive into painting, and I, I really think you should, and it's a, a beautiful thing to do, uh, you've got to find what excites you. You've got to find uh, the the type of painting, the medium, the subject, uh, the colours, the, uh, the way of painting that satisfies you, not for an audience, as you were telling me, but right. the bit that finds you. And uh, it, it it might mean studying drawing and working on that foundation or it might not. And it, but there isn't a universal answer to that. It's, a, it's an unpacking it out for what works for you, what excites you. Yeah, no, that's... That's, um, that's really great advice. And while you were saying that, I really just thought, you know, maybe I would do a little Georgia O'Keeffe-ish-esque <laughs> type thing when I am ready to dive in. Maybe I just go to the art shop and say, what three colors excite me? Ah. Oh. <laughs> and get well, that's those. That's so great. We, we're going to have a guest in the future. Um, her name's Julie, and she actually did that. And I'm you know, we're going to talk to her about oh, I want to talk just to her going about to the this. art yeah. shop and um, buying her favorite colors and coming home and starting painting. So yeah, she's going to be a guest <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, I really oh, thought, why not? I really thought, <laughs> I know, I thought I can pick, maybe it's more than three, but anyway. And then like, I love the way watercolor plays on paper. And I really just thought I would just play with how the different colors touch each other and just play with that, you know, and I don't have to actually like put any pressure on myself to actually make anything for now I can just see what they do because that actually is a lot of painting is how does this medium this is a lot of what we do as artists you know is how does the medium like how does it work 
you know, how do we mm. mold it and form it and shape it into what we want it to be? And, um, and I really, I really love like that Georgia O'Keefe did that all her life that she allowed herself to do all that play. And, you know, even towards the end of her life, you know, she, um, she lost her vision mm. and I watched this really, this segment, um, and this guy was talking he's like one of the caretakers of the home that she lived at. And, um, and she would, he would walk with her so that she could walk, you know, like find her way. But she would also call him in and say, Hey, I want to paint. And she would say, load up this color. And he would do this. And he, she would say, okay, now, you know, help me, you know, help me paint a line or, Hey, I want you to put a circle here. All you have to do is twist the brush like this. And she really still <laughs> was doing what she loved. I know, I know. Like how many I of think us. That's incredibly beautiful. I do too. Isn't it? Yeah. It's incredibly beautiful. And, uh, you know, the joy on his face retelling that story is, uh, <laughs> is such a beautiful thing. Um, it's so, so gorgeous. Part of all this is also working out who you are as a learner and an experimenter and a creative. And um, uh, some people that, uh, you know, they want to work through the foundations uh, and master them before they actually go exploring. And other people are, are really happy to dive in and to experiment and see where it takes it. And Bree, we know where you fit on that <laughs> spectrum that you're willing to dive in and take big risks. And uh, that's what makes it um, uh, your art so creative and interesting. And thank you, Lynn. And by the way, not without sometimes doubting myself. I think sometimes, like, I still think some of Fear. that's there, like not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but I'm willing to try. I, you know, all, all of those things still are there and maybe we're not so sure until we, you know, things start to kind of gel and set up for us, you know? So, um, mm. but I, I, I appreciate that, Lynn. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I think we're probably about done, but one thing we haven't talked about on our Creative Affair podcast is this affair that, you know, Georgia O'Keeffe had with, with Alfred Stieglitz. And I think a lot of the passion that she exuded from the beginning of this abstract, you know, um, this art that she created came from some of these emotions that she felt, you know, um, during this time of affair and she ended up marrying him and he guess guess divorced his wife and that you know she she just actually did what she wanted to do and there was a time that she was <laughs> oh well they were besotted with each other weren't they they yeah you know there's accounts of 40 page letters yes. um and writing twice a day and uh, you know oh i'm sorry i didn't write this morning um the painting got away from me but i'm writing now and then sitting down and handwriting out 40 pages and then sending that off every single day. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're billed as this classic American romance and uh, it continued throughout the whole of uh, their lives. Uh, she was there when he died and uh, still had uh, emotional feelings for him and despite all um, uh, the pain uh, and uh, that went between their relationship as well. 
Yeah. That's fascinating. It's beautiful. I, uh, I'm inspired <laughs> to read some of their love letters, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You know, and that's the thing is like when, you know, art can't, I think you can't separate art and passion. I think that goes together, but also that comes with emotional risk. And so if you're not willing to take the emotional risk, then maybe you're not willing to like feel the passion, <laughs> like, you know? And so I, I just, I just think that's why we must put ourselves out there and be willing to feel the pain when it comes along, because sometimes we think there's something wrong when the pain comes and we're like, wait, and that's when, sorry, my dog is barking now. We've heard from your Momo too. That's when we want to be like, oh my goodness, this is the part where I feel the pain because of all the passion that I've had, right? Mm. Because of the passion that I've experienced. And um, anyway, I I, think I, I agree with you, Bree, and I think we <laughs> should talk an episode just about uh, about this issue um, by itself. Emotions. Because it is quite a, Art well, and emotions. Uh, about this extra passion, and that's something that writers have talked about, and it's something that I feel very, very strongly about. And uh, we could actually track um, my creative output uh, with my relationships and my feelings of love and emotion and lust and all those sort of things. <laughs> and that would be uh, interesting. my friendships <laughs> and my creative partnerships, like they're, they're all tied in there together. And uh, this energy between people, it's such a similar energy as to an energy with place. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, talking about Georgia and her connection with a sense of place is, is absolutely incredible. Fascinating. She is brilliant and fascinating and just, it's just been so interesting to study about her life. So um, we will put all kinds of things in the notes for you. Some of the books that we explored. Um, the movies you know, we watched. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the shows, the docos, but really um, the best place to get to know someone, and this is uh, uh, so true for all creatives, is to study their art. Like mm -hmm. the best place to, to, to find about who Georgia is is to uh, look at her art, to immerse yourself in it. And uh, I'm sure it's spread out through the whole uh, of the world in, in various yes, art galleries. Uh, Chicago, and, uh, London, New Mexico. Yeah, well, I've seen them <laughs> here in Australia as well and yeah. uh, uh, exhibitions all over the place. So go and immerse yourself with her beautiful art and be transported uh, into your own world. And, uh, and guess and imagine what hers is like, which uh, that discussion uh, and speculation is rife with her work, which is, um, that's gorgeous too, isn't it? Yeah. And one of the reasons, and we're going to talk, uh, you know, uh, at least a few more times about different artists or, you know, different people um, in, you know, on this podcast. And one of the reasons we do it, and we did an episode about it last season, which was about finding inspiration. And so we hope that, you know, in this conversation, you found some inspiration of your own. And so go study her work and find, and find that. What a what a wonderful place to um to finish today on Bree and uh, uh, we've had a, another wonderful conversation and uh, it's so nice to continue our creative affair. 
And uh, for now, <laughs> I wish to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing, and leaving us a review. Thanks. If you would like to learn more about creative photography, visit lenmetcalf.com where you can find links to Len's photography school, videos, and publications. He would love to invite you to sign up to his newsletter. To find out more about my work, including my photography and mentoring in my Creative Confidence group coaching program, visit creativemindscoach.com. Thanks and see you next time. Bye.